Rachel Needle from Talking With Tech. And I'm Chris Bouguet from Talking With Tech. We have a podcast dedicated to augmentative and alternative communication, all things related to helping kids with complex communication needs. If you have a passion for helping people with language disabilities, this is the show for you. Each episode features an interview or a roundtable discussion on a topic related to augmentative communication and helping people with language disabilities. And we're really passionate about giving practical strategies to clinicians working in the field who are working with children or adults, anything related to AAC. So you can look us up on iTunes or you can find us on Facebook. We've got a group over there or check out our website at bit.ly slash TWT podcast. Please join our community of professionals that are working to ensure that everyone can say whatever they want to say, however they want to say it. The views and opinions expressed during this show do not necessarily reflect like the, the policy or position of any affiliated workplace or employer. The views and opinions of the show do not constitute recommendations for therapy. Please, Please contact, contact a licensed SLP for individual consult on your situation. Please listen carefully. What is communication? An essential behavior of life. We have the both blessing and responsibility of trying to foster another. It's transmitting a thought from one person to another. It's the strongest way for two people to convey information to each other. The back and forth between two people. Communication is a lifeline. It's just connection with other people. Connecting people in terms of ideas or thoughts or needs. Draws us out of ourselves, draws us into that relationship, you know, builds up our families. Without it, we'd be lost. Whatever it is that we do to express intent and achieve an impact. Communication is the ability to express your needs, wants, frustrations, and desires to anyone that you feel needs to have that information. Welcome back to Speech Science episode number 135. We've been off the air since before Christmas and we'll talk about why that happened. But I'm Matt Hot, a school-based speech and language pathologist working with middle school students and also a home health care SLP uh, working uh, with stroke and dementia rehab. Joined, as always, by Michelle Wintering. Her, her focus as an SLP is in pediatrics. What's up, Michelle? Hi, Matt. And Michael McLeod, the dude from Philadelphia. He's also a private practice owner focusing in executive functioning. Mike, what's up? What's up, dude? And our special guest this week, we have brought her back. She's the PTS, PTSD SLP. If I could say all those letters, that'd be awesome. Uh, also a high school SLP down in Florida. It's Rachel Arshambo. Arshambo, I said it. Did I say it right? Picked up. Yes, you did. Thumbs up. Awesome. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you all for having me. Uh, we are glad you are here. And today's episode, we're excited because we're going to be talking about the stress of the school year. Of course, we've got our shout outs the due process. But as always, we like to hear from you. So make sure you head over to our website, speechsciencepodcast.com. And from there, you can email us speechsciencepodcast at gmail.com. Give us a phone call, 614-681-1798. You can also text message, hit up the Discord. And social media is hashtag SSPod. It's been way too long. So let's fill each other in what has happened Michelle, I'm assuming that your break in the middle of December was absolutely fine. Nothing happened. And your family has not grown by any amount at all, correct? Just one small human being. <laughs> you found him on a porch? <laughs> um, her. It was a girl. Gosh, it's a girl. We had a girl. We uh, 
I know you guys were, we were taking guesses the last time we all were on together, but on December 19th, our daughter Laurel was born and mm. is six weeks old now. So we have been adjusting. Congratulations, Thank Michelle. Thank you. Yay. We have been adjusting to being a family of four. So having given birth in a, well, I didn't give birth, but I was present <laughs> for the birthing process during a pandemic. Our hospital was no guess. Was your hospital the same way? No guess. You were allowed, right? Right, right, oh, right, right, gosh, right. Okay. Like me and, and Kim were the only uh, ones allowed in the room for baby delivery and post baby delivery. Man. Did you guys have the same lockdown or was family allowed in afterwards? Um, correct. We were locked. Uh, I think most hospitals seem to be following that policy. Part of why I wanted to deliver at this hospital was that even in the um, height of hospital restrictions and lockdowns, um, the hospital I delivered at uh, never restricted the spouse or the support person because that was my, my biggest priority was making sure my husband would be there. And, um, and then we were actually really fortunate because the hospital I was at recently allowed a second visitor only in labor and delivery, not like in the postpartum unit after you have the baby, okay. but only labor and delivery. The idea being someone could have a doula or someone mm. with them um, and only during certain hours, like basically daytime visiting hours. And since Laurel was born at three something in the afternoon, uh, we called my mom a couple hours before when we knew we were getting close and um, my mom actually got to be there for the delivery. So that was really, really Aww. special, especially now. I mean, that we, we could not have known until that day that that was going to happen. And it's amazing you flew around the same day to get there. In time. She, well, um, <laughs> because Laurel took her sweet time, just like my son and was well past her due date. Um, my, how far past was uh, it? A full week past. Wow. Yeah. My parents came in because we had scheduled a induction for Saturday morning at 6 a.m., but I went into labor. So my parents got in Thursday night. I went into labor Friday night, and we were admitted four hours before our induction. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah. How many, days, how many days were you in the hospital for? Uh, two nights. Two nights. Okay. So this right. is the most terrifying part about having a baby. Rachel, you don't have children, do you? No. And my speech science baby number five has not happened yet, right? Number five? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I've got yeah. two. <laughs> Michelle's got two. I thought you meant that I had four already. No, Matt, no, 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 no. Matt has three children. His oldest was right, just born Matt. pre speech science. Yeah. He is PSS, pre speech science. Pre speech science. But here's the scary thing about children, guys. And Michelle, you can understand this. Rachel and Mike, you'll understand it one day. They just hand you the child. Like, no instruction booklet they give you a handout and maybe some coupons and they're like here's your kid good luck <laughs> impossible to be prepared that, that's what i keep telling myself like i can watch all these videos yeah these uh these taken care of babies videos and all these things and you're, uh, you're just you're never ready yeah you're, you're, never, you're never gonna be 100 percent ready even the second time around what? you're not but um nah. but i will say that i feel like it's it was less stressful like i wasn't checking to make sure she was breathing as often as i did with my first right. <laughs> uh we bought one of those uh pulse socks for their feet so i have a baby pulse socks on my kid so that, those things are amazing that's it's it's 
everyone has one now, I think. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's just like our generation's fears. That's like, I got to know, I got to make sure that they're okay. Mm -hmm. Or if that's just like the newest thing to have or sense of comfort for yourself. Yeah. I love my my pulse socks. I think it's awesome. Oh, really? (laughs) I I never even knew what it was until this whole COVID thing happened. I had no idea. I never um, used one. When I did PR in home health, but I I would Mm -hmm. take one hiking when I lived in Colorado. Uh, we, it was like people keep them in their hiking bags. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I like how it's out of 100, like, so you always get like a really high score. So, like, that lets me know what my. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Aww. That's like what Evelyn slept, my daughter slept the other night. That lets me know that's where awesome. her pole socks was at any time because I'm a terrible, terrified uh, father. Terrified. You almost said I'm a terrible father. I heard heard that. (laughs) And husband. (laughs) Terrified, terrible. Oh, Michelle, we are glad that everyone is doing well and uh, welcome (laughs) to the world. Basically, uh, I've decided at this point it pretty much (laughs) just means that one child is always has to wait. And for my oldest, that's new and he's two and a half. But for Laurel, that's going to be her whole life. So. Thank you, and uh, right. Thank you very Laura much. Laura was a we, great um, name. Uh, very good name. We both liked it, even though the joke is now that she might be called Yanni because of the whole Laurel Yanni thing from from a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> nice. we, we both oh really my gosh, I forgot about that plant. But also, uh, it has a secondary, like symbolic meaning of triumph and victory, and I thought that was really beautiful. Plus. Um, Plus, her older brother now nice. calls her Lolo. So I love that. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Glad to be well, back. It's nice. Congratulations, to see your and welcome back to the show. And and I'm going to go in order of my pictures. So our special guest today, Rachel Arshambo. What have you been up to since the last time you were on the show a year ago? Oh my gosh. I but, can't believe that was a year ago. So I want to say this funny story. So Rachel, I had never met in person until Asha and I had like just <laughs> rolled into the Asha building and I'm exhausted and just trying to figure out where our booth was. Cause at the time we were working with exceptional uh, podcasting network in Mei Ling. Um, so I'm like walking in and Rachel's like, Matt, hi, Matt. And I'm like, hi, in my brain i'm like did we go to grad school together mm-hmm. did we go to undergrad well, who are you and you're like it's rachel and i was like and you're like ptsd and i was like oh <laughs> i'm such a terrible person so rachel how have you been how was your break welcome back to the show thank you i'm glad i'm glad to be on here i always like talking to you all um I've pretty much been doing the same thing for a year. Um, I, I worked from home for 10 months. So March through January 11th, I had to go back to school. And that's a thing happening in Florida right now. Like parents could opt their children in to go back to school or keep them home. So 100% of the staff is on campus. They ended all ADA accommodations for teachers and staff. Um, even though nothing has changed and it's actually like gotten worse. I think it's like 13% positivity rates daily in Florida. Um, so it's, it's really stressful. I'm definitely, I've turned into more of a germaphobe. Um, and I wear like two masks to work. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't even like really see kids face to face. Most of my students are home. So I just changed locations and now I don't have my dog with me. So it's, 
you know, it is what it is, but um, I have spent a lot of time reading books over this time. I have watched so much Netflix. I've, I've done a lot, um, but I'm also very comfortable being home. So it's, it wasn't that big of a change and it's just me. It's not like I have this whole family to worry about and everything. It's, it was much easier because it's just me. Favorite book you have read while in lockup? <laughs> oh, too many, too many. Um, I really enjoyed Colin Jost's uh, Very Punchable Face. He's yes. the head, head writer of Saturday Night Live. And he, I a, thought he, it was he's fantastic. A, he's a speech therapy success story, that guy. Yes, yeah. he is. He is. Yeah. And he was also a debate nerd, which, um, mm -hmm. and he went to Harvard. So I have judged for the last two years um, Harvard national tournaments for my high school debate kids. Oh. So I was cracking up that he's, he's describing each of the, um, the tournaments that you could be in. And he's, I, that's my genre. If like celebrity or comedian memoirs, I love it. That's my favorite. Do you know what Colin Jost and Ryan Reynolds have in common? They both married Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, so I feel like you missed this. <laughs> you have disrespected the Black Widow when you said <sighs> he was the head writer of SNL, and you should have said it was Scarlett Johansson's husband. I'm just saying. They just got married, to be fair. But no, I, I love fair, her as well. I love that <laughs> yeah. she knows this and in answered that instantaneously. You cannot, you cannot get me on, on celebrity trivia. I, I'm the number one person you should take to trivia for celebrity related information. Oh, we might have to do that. Let's tonight. do that. Let's do trivia. Let's pull up some celebrity. Put her on the hot <laughs> celebrity. Let's if it's everything 90s, we just talked 90s about. celebrity, I'm all about it. Yeah. Okay. That is one book that I want to read. I read, I listened to him on a couple of different podcasts over the summer. Can you say uh, the name of it again? That. Colin Jost's Very Punchable Face. Uh, very punchable face i'll remember yeah. that now <laughs> which he does honestly do you remember when he speaking of uh he was in the royal rumble last year just saying and it's the royal rumble tonight when we're recording there's some trivia she did not know Boom. i don't know what royal rumble is <laughs> check I only facebook. Do because they've been talking about it check facebook it was the video i sent he, of he's the pointing he's pointing to each the royal other. rumble Gotcha. Oh, all right. Well, Rachel, thank you for joining the show. Mike, how is life out in the city of brotherly love? It is exactly the same. Not a single <laughs> thing has changed. Still in my basement, still talking to a screen, still finding weird creative ways to make teletherapy interesting. So yeah, it's um, I'm, I'm getting my second shot of the vaccine on Wednesday. Cannot freaking wait. I'm so excited. Yes. And, and that's pretty much, you know, just chugging along with the teletherapy. It's been, it's been great uh, in terms of, you know, uh, obviously virtual school and uh, parents becoming more aware of their kids' executive functioning development. So I've been able to work with more and more kids. But overall, it's pretty much the same. Just keeping along. Are you, because I always felt like we measured how the world was doing based off of your caseload. <laughs> In person, teletherapy, what's the ratio at this point? 50-50, 91? Probably 50-50. Okay. But right. we, we like follow all of the guidelines in the clinic right, like, right, to, right. like to a T, like uh, like full occupancy and like every kid spaced out 15 minutes in between so you can wipe everything down, do a lot of sessions outside. We're like a short walk from like a downtown area. 
Uh, so it, it's, it just depends. It depends on, on the kid and the parents' uh, schedules and travel time and all that. Well, like I said, that's why we use yours. It's like the, the barometer of how we're doing because I know you're following it. So if you're like, yeah, everyone's on teletherapy, you know the world's not doing very well. <laughs> yeah, I go off of uh, CDC, but that's there just you me. Go. Uh, so I've had a very uh, uninteresting and boring break. Um, I've been coaching some bowling. We've gotten to 10 wins for the first time in three years. So I've got a really good team. I got COVID, thought I wasn't going to make it. Uh, my daughter got hearing aids and those are in. So that's awesome. Uh, and then I got back to work. Nothing no, has man. changed. Oh, so first I need to go off on this COVID thing. So, and yeah, I think I realize it sucks. And Michelle, I know you've had it. Has anyone else had it in the group? Rachel has, right? Rachel. Well, yeah. I didn't want to like break HIPAA. I was waiting for you to like volunteer it on air. I didn't want to be. Well, the she just raised her hand. Yeah, You can't see me. Rachel, you're part of the show. You can talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I need to I need to go off on this COVID thing for a second. So one, I totally understand why some people think it's not a big deal. Because my three so here's what happened. Uh Sunday night. I was brushing my teeth and I was like, I don't think I can taste, taste my toothpaste. Uh, that's weird. But I had a normal scheduled therapy test or uh, my, my therapy job made me get tested uh, twice a week during December. So that Monday I was going to get tested. So no big deal. I didn't make a big deal of it. I went in, told them my symptoms and they were like 10 minutes later, they called me and they said, you have COVID. Don't go see anybody. I was like, good thing. I moved that patient this morning. So that was fine. Two days later, everybody in my house is tested positive, but my three kids had a combined illness for maybe 15 hours, 12 to 15 hours. My wife didn't get sick for like a week. And then she got like the stuffy nose and then the loss of taste and smell. And then I could see why some people say this is like super serious. And my son's in the background saying that he also lost taste of smell and, and, and sense of taste and whatever. Hey, I also got a cold. Oh, he also got the cold. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, I only got like a very stuffy nose. You got the stuffy nose? Yes. All right. Thank you. Field reporter <laughs> Michael Hodd. Awesome. <laughs> Field reporter <laughs> Michael Hodd about COVID. Perfect timing. <laughs> but like legit, I would get up and go and get a shower because, you know, I felt good. And then by the time I got back, my pulse ox had dropped to mid eighties or low eighties. And I am, I say this kind of comically, but like legit serious. I can see why if you're like more on the medically fragile side or the like older side, like it kills you. Yes. Like I was recovered quote unquote driving to work and my pulse ox dropped to like 84. That's mm. terrifying guys. Mm -hmm. And that's what drives me crazy about all this is mm -hmm. so many people will get a mild case. Oh, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Why are we shutting everything down? Or I've heard so many people say, if I get it, I know I'll be fine. I want to yeah. go indoors. But, but here's the thing. You don't know the whole incubation period. You can get someone who is just trying to grocery shop or is just trying, who's playing it completely safe. You could infect them and they can die. And yeah, you might be fine. But that's like the number one thing that you keep hearing from all these deniers and people mm -hmm. getting mad about shutting restaurants down, all that kind of stuff. You have to be aware of hospitals getting filled up because it was getting to the point where 
people were getting like in car accidents and hospitals couldn't treat them because they were so filled with COVID patients. And yeah, you might be fine, but there's a very solid chance that you're going to spread it to someone else who might not be fine. So everyone is kind of just taking it like, oh, this is not a big deal. That's, you know, you, there's a, this is a social uh, virus and, and no one seems to be taking that. Well, some people do, but overall, <laughs> that's, that's the most annoying, that, that is the most annoying thing about this is, is so many people are just brushing it off as not as bad as the flu or that, that, those couple of things, but the, the contagiousness of it obviously makes it way more dangerous than anything else. Also, I mentioned this. Quick side note. I also really like you narrating with your back scratcher, Mike. (laughs) Holding while you explain. These are the things no one sees. This is why I'm telling you guys we need to go live on YouTube like every Sunday night. We'll go live. No one. Maybe not every Sunday night. (laughs) But okay, so I described this like post-illness symptom and and both Rachel and Michelle, you both were like, oh, it's the you got the neuro damage. Mm -hmm. Like, like legit, I would say. That's I got I got tested positive on the 21st and I lost taste on the 20th. I would say like the 27th or 28th of December, both my hands have ever since the 28th of December been like tingly numb, like that sensation where like you sleep on your arms 24 seven. It is the weirdest. You still have that? I still have that. See, that's really weird, man. I right. Yeah. That's and and people don't realize like people are like oh it's just my my taste and my smell that's neurological that's the virus messing with your brain oh and yeah people are like Never people are brushing that. that off mm-hmm. and Rachel I have to say thank you because Rachel and I because okay so here's what happened to my house my poor wife she ran a hostel for the first like three days of my illness she locked me into like the spare bedroom and was like delivering food up to the room and then her her mom got sick so she had to like quarantine her so like it was like three days before okay my son said he delivered the food my wife made it he delivered it i forgot field Field reporter reporter is back field reporter (laughs) with the it's a good thing that's what you want to do he wants to be a youtube star um so anywho's so rachel thank you because i would send rachel messages like hey is this normal because i didn't want to like tell my wife like what was happening in case it Mm -hmm. wasn't like if it was abnormal so then i could like figure out a way to be like hey, I think I need more help. And Rachel's like, nope, that's pretty normal. But you guys will appreciate this. I ha- I'm still having like aphasic moments. The other day at work, I'm writing a report and it took me an hour to Google the word as- asymmetrical. Because I kept Googling, what is the medical term for when your face doesn't smile the same height? <laughs> I now understand what our like stroke and, and dementia yeah. rehab patients are going through. Well, My God, this thing sucks. You guys know that I've been that was two days for, ago. for like six months been dealing with post COVID yes. syndrome stuff. Yes. So Long I've, COVID. I've, that's right. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. spent like thousands of dollars on co-pays seeing cardiologists, ENT, gastro, whatever. And they tell me that everything's fine. The cardiologist has done all these tests, blood work, everything's coming back fine, but yet I'm still short of breath. I still, am like terrified to work out. And just now after like six months, my cardiologist was like, 
I want you to start working out. And I was like, I can't like walk down the street. <laughs> like, but he, he wants me to start working out and that's scary. Um, cause my oxygen is sitting around like 96, which everyone is saying is normal and everything, but I, it's, it's just a lot. And he believes that in six months, I'll be better another six months. So Jesus, a whole Jesus. year, like uh, it, it, that's the part of this. And I've gone on a couple like community boards for my school district that is sending all the teachers back to school. And I'm, I, I, I'm sick of people thinking that the COVID is like a binary reaction that either you die or you live because there's so mm -hmm. many people that mm -hmm. live from it mm -hmm. and they're not recovered. So that's the part that I, I know what a logistical nightmare this is going to be for people that exactly. are sick for such a long time and they get COVID, they think they're recovered, but then for the next six months, they have to take off work repeatedly because they're so sick because they're exhausted because their oxygen's going down to 83. Like it, that's the part of this that no one is paying attention to. And I've been posting about this on my Instagram for months mm -hmm. and I still have people say, what's long COVID? And I'm like, why is this not being talked about on, on the news? Or I got a hundred people that sent me, look, 60 minutes did something, which was like the most basic information. It's not anything that the long hauler community doesn't already know. So that's the frustrating part of this. I am finally feeling a lot better. Um, but I think it's just time that's helping, honestly, time and vitamins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm still eating a bunch of vitamin C's. Mike. We've heard this term uh, pre-existing conditions for so long, but now COVID is creating thousands and thousands and thousands of people with pre-existing conditions. So this, this long COVID thing, I'm, I'm originally from Long Island, New York. And there's a woman there who started this group called Survivor Cores. Yep. Uh, yep. Who, who talks all about long COVID. Uh, mm -hmm. And it, it, it needs to get out there because this is going to be a, like the second public health crisis of all these people dealing with this and what it's going to cost. And everyone knows Rachel is a must follow on Instagram yep. and all, all her all her posts about long COVID are great. Like when, when you were posting about double masking at school and someone was coughing out in the hallway, like I felt that like, like I, I felt like mm -hmm. I was like in that experience. Like every time, like when I go to my school, I sit next to a window I have like a almost a barricade between me and the kid the kid I work with. Okay, you guys can't Two judge masks me for on. this. You can't judge me for this talking about masking. So I'm in the store the other day and someone goes to me and goes, you know, masks don't work. And I was like, oh. I hope. I was like, I hope they do, because I had COVID a couple of weeks, a couple of days ago. Like, of course it was like a couple of days <laughs> yeah. ago being like 40, but they yeah. don't know that. And they like looked at me and then like stepped away. And then I was like, yes. oh, I thought they, <laughs> my bad guys. I thought they don't work. <laughs> even, like, after, yeah. even after I get my second vaccine, I'm wearing masks everywhere. I got Three. my second vaccine on Tuesday yep. and I was double masked there. Yep. And there was a guy that, I mean, we were all outside in line and thankfully it's Florida that it was beautiful weather. I think I actually got a sunburn from being outside for two hours in line. Um, <laughs> but wonderful. there was a guy like 20 people behind me that had the most like, coffee cough mm -hmm. and i was like on edge the entire time and everyone in line was nervous too and i mean you see a lot of these reports that people test positive after getting the vaccine and that's just timing mm -hmm. not there like they didn't get it from the vaccine but i 14 days after the second vaccine i will feel a little bit better but i will still be double masking and staying away yep. from people <laughs> i'm so matt, you had, matt you had mentioned uh bowling I yes. saw a uh, a really funny meme the other day. 
It was like, I can't believe we all used to go to the bowling alley, stick our fingers into this ball, and then eat from the same bucket of French fries and wear these shoes. Like, how did we ever do that? Share all the shoes. I do have to say this, like, and, and I am one of the biggest proponents is that the right word supporters yes. of like the mask mandates and shutdowns and all that but i'm also a high school bowling coach and one of the reasons i've chosen to coach this year is because i wanted to ensure that i could be safe and that my bowlers could be safe so if i could make sure that they stay safe i could give them their season and for my seniors it, it was important because they're kids yeah but i will say this like you know how they call it safety theater in the like airport there mm-hmm. is like safety theater theater in high school sports here in ohio because the wrestlers don't have to wear masks when they wrestle each other so they can yep. breathe but then when they're done hugging each other for three minutes they're <laughs> not allowed to shake hands yep. which is absurd and when they're done hugging each other you know throwing each other to the mat and then in bowling they told us that we have to wear masks the entire time we're bowling which is fine that that's fine if that's the rule that's the fine but the Mm -hmm. reason they said that we have to wear masks the entire time is because the kids may the ball may come in contact with their mouth or nose while bowling and, I, and I'm like, I've been bowling for 30 of my 35 years of life on this planet. And I think the ball has come in contact with my mouth twice. And once was because I dropped the ball and bent over to pick it up and it bashed me in the face. Like the only thing I can think is when they're holding it up, ready to go. Yeah. That, that people you would don't hold, hold it, it there. You hold it down it. by your hip. I'm saying I do hold it up there. I do hold it I do hold it up higher too. I'm just saying. I, oh my God. <laughs> But it is funny that that's in writing because they make kiss the ball. <laughs> right. It's like the, the ball might con- come in contact with their mouth. All right. So the bowling life chose you, Matt. We have spoke a lot. I'm glad to be back. Like we should continue talking COVID, but there are oh, other man. more exciting things to talk about. And that brings us to our very first part. I love it. It's the shout out. It is our opportunity uh, to recognize people doing awesome things as uh, Rachel, you just made me laugh. I'm so sorry. Uh, people doing awesome things in our field. And this is where y- we want you to tell us who is doing something awesome. You can email it speech science podcast at gmail.com or hashtag SS pod shout out. And uh, I feel like it's appropriate that our shout out, uh, Mike, this was your idea to all of the SLPs and the medical care workers that have lined up, no questions asked to get not just one, but two rounds of vaccines. I know I've got my sore left upper bicep because I got the first one on Friday. I waited in line for two and a half hours mm-hmm. for Worth that. It. Rachel, I know you just said you got your second. Mike, are you on one or two right now? I'm getting my second on Wednesday. Getting your second. Michelle, I, you're vaccinated um, or no? No, nope. yeah, being off, off work right now. I am not vaccinated. Can you get the vaccine if you are nursing? So they uh, just came out with yes. that. Well, I mean, I, I all the people I know who are nursing are still getting it or who are pregnant and in healthcare are getting it. Okay. The CDC has some pretty good recommendations that pregnant people should not be withheld the vaccine. Nursing people should not be withheld the vaccine. And then it just comes down. I mean, uh, we were talking about 
speech groups that mm -hmm. it's constantly people are like are you pregnant and getting the vaccine are you nursing and doing this and mm -hmm. uh, even from speech pathologists you have people on both sides that there's not enough research or there's so much research like you can you can spin whatever way that you feel about it and i don't know i had covid and i do not want to do it again i cannot do it again but Amen. i also I'm not pregnant and I'm not going to be pregnant for a for the foreseeable future. So I, I can't make that. Not in a like, pandemic. <laughs> right? No, I, I can't make that decision. I, I, right. Find a, you know, sorry, Rachel. Find some guy who's double masking. I know. And then you never know. I know. So, okay, funny you say that. There was like a, a picture, like someone or screen, I said a picture. I am turning into old man yells at cloud. But like there was like- Old a, man a, a, yells at cloud. Do you know what that's from? From the Simpsons. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. there's like, it was yeah. Abe Simpson like was yelling at a cloud and it was the newspaper headline. But no, it said that well, like- Well, now it's like you're yelling at the internet cloud too. Oh, that was oh. so extra meaning. Oh. So anywho, oh. someone took a screen grab and I want to say it was in the Netherlands. But they suggested for single people no. that, and I have to word this very no. carefully because of a seven-year-old behind me, but for those that are doing adult relations, they should mask during adult relations. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, My do it. <laughs> I just can't like I can't like I'm so glad I'm I'm married and if I that's what it single. takes man if that's what it takes oh on the flip side of the SS pod shout out we have the uh, SS pod due process it's our opportunity to either condemn something or bring it to the opinion or the the for, forum man I have aphasic moments y'all the forum of public opinion and this week it is from Maria and SLP in your neck of the woods Mike out in Pennsylvania uh, she writes in and says, how do y'all handle joining social media posts that get emotional uh, in the professional SLP groups? And she mentions a couple, but we will not mention the groups. So how comfortable do you guys feel? I know, Michelle, you've said that you've pretty much muted some of those groups. And I can't tell you how many times I have written like a diatribe, like a three paragraph essay. And then I go, delete. <laughs> You just needed to emotionally get it out. And well, and it's like, as I'm writing it, I'm like, I can't really send that. That's going to get me fired. But no, it's a good post. It's a good question. going to get me fired. <laughs> well, we have to think about it. Like everything that we write, someone in our job mm -hmm. or in our field is going to see that. Oh, yeah. And I, it's, you know, we've got a under 30 ASHA award winner or whatever that was, Rachel. Congratulations. Thank but like. You. When you post something, you're posting it. Asha can see that. Your job mm -hmm. can see that. Mike, you're a private practice owner. All it takes is one disgruntled SLP to send whatever you write to a parent. Jeez, mm -hmm. jeez, dude. <laughs> Just being <laughs> legit. You know, for the next two months, I'm still the Asha CEO, the Ohio rep. So I have to be careful about that. Michelle, you travel states like, a bank robber so you got to be careful about that but like it's a good question like how on much a side note to that i have anxiety every time the gas pump asks me my zip code to use my <laughs> credit card because i can't re I, I go blank like i can't remember what zip code I what live zip in. code is this credit card in right now but no it's a good post like how often are you guys engaging in these quote-unquote emotional facebook posts it depends what it is for me right. um yeah there's some that i'm like oh they've already got it like 
that's what yeah. I was going to say. I can't, I don't need to I'm add to that, to but this, so. right. So unless it's something there that I feel strongly about, I'm not going to enter it. But I know there was a post recently and it was like a political post that I usually stay away from, but it was about uh, that Marjorie Taylor green person. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So normally that wouldn't be something that I talk about, except it was this week with my school situation. She personally attacked one of the former students at the school like verbally when she was at um yes the the, um the capital so they were talking about whether she should be removed or whatever and they someone mentioned oh well sandy hook um she said was a hoax and they didn't mention anything about douglas and i was like hey just from my standpoint i am a staff member at douglas this was a student there because there was a whole conspiracy that he was an actor that is actually 40 years old from Mm -hmm. California and everything. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to put my perspective in there that I'm not some like my friend's friend friend said that this kid does go there. That's the only time that I feel compelled to do something. Otherwise I can pretty much stay out of those emotional topics. I don't know about you guys. I think when you have a personal connection like you, Rachel, or if Mm -hmm. it's something that I feel like I have an expert experience or opinion on Mm -hmm. that, like a a real personal professional experience with that I can speak to and and it's beneficial, that's the only time that I will comment. Um, Because I'm like you, that if I see they've got the answer to it or or somebody has said what I would say already, then I kind of just tap out. I have been talking, oh, go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, it would be cool if on uh, Facebook, your what you write disappears, like after like 10 minutes, like Snapchat, that'd be cool. I would probably, <laughs> I would probably get more You would involved. engage more? I would engage more if I knew and it wasn't a like whole a permanent lot more digital people, footprint. A whole lot more people yes. would be screenshotting. <laughs> it would, yeah, that's true. That's true. It yeah. would get ugly. <laughs> the only thing that catches me off guard with some of these social media groups is like, it's not catfishing what's it called when they like screen grab it and send it to your bosses being a douche screenshotting no but it's like i I, like i don't know what group it was but over the summer it happened like four times and it's like oh that is that is too too gross man like yeah because like I was hesitant, I just made a post the other day because I'm, you know, there's the big fight about um, like neurodiversity and not teaching kids yes. to change, but teaching kids to recognize whatever. And I needed mm-hmm. a way to like write a goal. And I spent part of it was COVID, uh, COVID memory stuff, but it took me like two hours to write a one paragraph post asking for wording on a goal because I was worried someone was going to be like, oh, Matt wants to change everybody. Ugh. I've also seen a lot of that neurodiversity masking stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you just, you do your best to just be professional about it. Like, obviously we have a job to do. Like we're not trying to make someone who they're not, right. but teaching social skills and te- teaching people to be socially appropriate and to achieve different things that they don't currently have is pretty much our entire career. Right. So, you know, you can make that masking argument towards any goal. True. So I, I don't know, know if uh, we answered the goal of the question, but so there you go. Four different opinions on how to handle stay social out of media it. posts. That's what you say. Stay, stay out of it. Out of it. <laughs> yeah. We want to hear from you. How, how involved are you? Head over to our website, speechsciencepodcast.com. 
join our discord that's a safe safe spot for social media discord.speechsciencepodcast.com don't trust oh, it. <laughs> what'd you say mike i don't trust it oh man you can also give us a phone call 614-681-1798 all right so our big topic today rachel it's the reason why you're here the ptsd slp i love that just yelling out the letters but one of the big topics that we have talked about is, you know, there's a lot of stress. There are, we're going to have students that are either going to be moving from virtual back to in-person. We're going to have students that are moving at the semester mark from in-person to virtual. We've got uh, the mixture of it that's happened in my social groups. We've got some students that are Republicans and some students that are Democrats that feel very, alienated and stressed out because of all the stress that's happened and the siege of the Capitol and the insurrection. And there's a lot of stuff happening. Like, let's just talk about that stress. And that's why one of the reasons we wanted you on the show, Rachel, like what is, how do we even approach this stress level with our students, let alone with our staff? How do we approach it in ourselves? Mike, I mean, you're saying students, and I think that's obviously what Rachel's going to speak to, but all those things that you listed, I don't care what age your patient or mm-hmm. client or coworker is, they're all going to be in some way processing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It broke my heart. I had a student say that we were bringing up topics and just the, the thing that happened at the, the Capitol. And he was like, some people like this, actually, I'm sorry, the thing, uh, talking about more of the, the um, swearing into Biden. He was like, thank you. The inauguration. You're welcome. Oh gosh, that word. That it's, word. The co- it's the COVID brain. Yeah, I understand. COVID brain, I'll help. Um, but he was saying for some people, that was the greatest day of the, their lives. And he goes, and for some people that I know, that was the worst day. Mm-hmm. And he was like worried that because he was a Republican or, a, you know, his family's Republican, that if he says it at lunch, he's going to get beaten up. And it's like, yeah. well, I wouldn't how, worry about it, man. How old is this like, kid? Uh, middle school. So okay. keeping it vague. Tell him to stay out of yeah. politics. Right. That's why I was like, dude, you're too young to worry about politics, <laughs> man. Yeah. Worry about your sports. Yeah. Worry about like Pokemon cards. For real. Like. I'm 35 and barely care about politics, man. You shouldn't do it at like 10 to 16. So. Yeah, it's hard. I, I feel like what I do, I give all my students the benefit of the doubt. Like I never go in thinking there's a negative reason why someone's doing something. I'm, I'm always like, why are they acting this way? What could it be? And automatically you have the political unrest. You have like, January, you have all of 2020. So when when I have a student comes in that is just overwhelmed, um, I give them like five minutes to just chill. And then they can talk to me and say, I'm not really ready to do this. I'm not really ready to do that. Like, and, and I don't know if all SLPs would do that. Like, no, we're here for a reason. We got to get those R's done. We got to do this. And I'm just like, no, their mental health comes first and I will let them lead the session. Like if we're talking about self-advocacy goals, that's number one, that they need to tell me what they need from me. That's mm-hmm. a high school level thing. They need to be able to do that in the job setting. Like you're putting too much on my plate now. They're also like, I don't know. We have in Florida, we have Florida virtual school. I have my county's virtual school. And virtual school 
is not seven hours a day straight. It's more like log in and do assignments. So these kids are going for seven hours a day in class and that's way more than they should be doing. Like the, the I don't know what organization gave guidelines on like screen time um, for, <laughs> for schooling and it's definitely not seven hours a day. It's supposed to be way less than that, put on the homework and then they've got all this stuff going on. So you just need to give students the benefit of the doubt and you need to give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Like you need to understand that things are gonna be stressful for you too and you should not be taking it out on your kids. You need to be able to take a day off for a mental health day um, and the students should be able to take a mental health day as well. I think that's one of the hardest things though that we, we, we do as therapists and, and we're so constrained either by billing or IEP minutes mm-hmm. or uh, I, I know there's an added stress when you're doing teletherapy because there's the parent or the caregiver kind of sitting on the other side and may not always understand some of the things that you're targeting with executive functioning or social skills or, or whatnot. So there is a push to be like every moment matters in therapy and and to give them that breathing room i think it's important like you said but it's also really hard to do because our therapy brain kicks in i think it's really hard to do depending the setting as well if you go by the productivity the billable minutes the depending what setting you're in there can be so much pressure for that Mm -hmm. even though i completely agree with rachel that the those minutes are not by any means wasted if if anything they're crucial exactly but translating that to the person doing the billing is is the hard part for an slp Mm -hmm. so how are you guys handling the stress i know rachel you had mentioned that your school moved you guys all back into person i've been in person the whole time wow mike you're you've been a mixture of the two Mm-hmm. Michelle, you've got a young family. How? I'll I'll be honest. One of the ways that I was handling stress before COVID was my enjoyables, alcohols at in the evening and hanging out with the family. And it's not like alcohol to to hide. It's more like mm-hmm. the relaxing, enjoy something. Like a drink of a yeah. Yeah, like like I'm going to enjoy this on a Tuesday night and not just a Friday night because it's something I want. And I'm finding more music and reading. For my mm-hmm. stress level, what are you guys doing to handle all of this stress, stress-inducing life? <laughs> the, the 2020s. Oh, A hard question to answer. And watching TikToks that you guys know about. Oh, <laughs> um, I, ju- I just got TikTok. That sends me. <laughs> TikTok is awesome. I but just got you? on that train. Don't get off that train now. Yeah, right. Matt's Matt's gonna keep sending you more. Now I will send you stuff. But like, what are you guys doing for the stress? Like, I'm finding that I'm reverting back to stuff that I enjoyed when I was like 18. Well, 21 if I'm counting alcohol. But I like going Uh, on walks in the neighborhood. For real? For real? (laughs) That's yeah. That's like one of like the lost arts. That's like one of the things that COVID has kind of dude. You're forced us to do in January. Are you really walking in Philly? It just recently got cold. Okay. Just recently. Before that, it wasn't that bad. Hey, I mean, I'm gonna second that. We walks are a big thing for me because exercise Mm -hmm. with late pregnancy and immediately postpartum is that's a huge one for me normally, and that was already curved because of gyms and. Going back to the stuff being closed so going on a walk going around the block has been has been a real thing i've been watching a lot of the office 
Ooh. Yeah, binging some shows. <laughs> so, that's, so that helps. But yeah, I listening you know, to music, reading, reading music mm-hmm. when you finally are in the car, it's nice. So it's, it's the little things, but like we, we figure out like how stressful and how tough this has been for us. It's going to be 10 times harder for our students that don't yeah. have the resiliency and the coping skills. And yeah. Rachel was talking about like the virtual school, like there, there's, there's so many things at play here. Like think of all the kids where school was like their safe space. School was where they were able to, they had better access to food, better access to heat and cooling, whatever it is. And they've been forced to be home and do virtual school this whole time. Not every kid has a separate room or a separate desk. Some kids don't even have Wi-Fi. So districts had to kind of step in or kids had to find other ways to do it. But the amount of trauma and stress and when we finally do go back to normal, you know, any, all transitions are hard for people of all ages. But when we do finally go back, it's going to be so hard on our students and it's going Mm -hmm. to be, you know, and and we obviously play a very crucial role in that. Yeah. My, my self-care has been saying no. Like I've been Ooh, going good. since high school. Like I did every semester of college, like summers. I had three jobs up to like last January, I think. I was working in a SNF. I was working in a private practice for the past four years after school. So I would work seven hours and then go work two to three more hours at a private practice. So I finally, when this happened, the private practice like shut down. Um, and then now they do teletherapy and in person and they're just like, Hey, do you want a teletherapy client? I'm like, no, not right now. I oh, need to you. go home and go to sleep. Like I need to take a nap for a little bit and recharge. Cause I'm still not healthy. And that's what I need right now. And I, I've, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I cannot say no to those things normally, but I need to for my own health. So that if that's me just coming home after school and taking a nap or watching Netflix. Cause that's what is de-stressing for me. That's what I'm going to do. And it's not like I have these social plans I'm canceling, um, which would make me feel bad that I used to feel bad about that. Like I'm so tired after work. Sorry, I can't hang out. Now there are no social plans or I you know. don't feel bad about saying no to social plans that are happening that I don't think should be happening. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's, saying no is my thing that I've had to do during this time that is helping me. And I think more teachers and staff and um, speech pathologists need to be saying no, because it's so easy for us to take on another job or like do things that are out of our job description that it's, it's extra just, patients or yeah. extra yeah. students. And, yep. Yeah. And it's so easy to say yes, just to get that extra income, but you know, if yep. you're not going to be fully present and fully in the right state of mind to work with a student who needs help, it's the right thing to say no. It's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the hardest part too, though, because we always say, oh, we can help somebody. And then we give them half-assed therapy because we're so burnt out. And then we add the stress of 2020 and now 2021 onto it. I love all of your guys' self-care. I think I like it better than mine, actually. <laughs> no, let's be honest. Me sitting down to watch eight minutes of TikTok while drinking a amaretto sour in the evening is not as effective as saying no to taking on a fifth job no but it is because that's not fair that's not fair to use when people say oh why don't you do this or why don't you watch netflix for two hours that's not your self-care and drinking is not mine i i don't think i've had a drink since october because i'm not a big drinker and 
that's not how I unwind. It actually like makes my heart hurt. So ah, <laughs> it stresses me out. It makes me anxious. And so does caffeine. I've, I haven't had caffeine in like four months and that's from like the COVID stuff, but mm. um, I'm not adding things that make me anxious. So the jobs would make me anxious, caffeine, alcohol, social plans, not doing any of it, just taking care of my mental health and whatever is your form of self-care is fine for you. And how many of our students are the exact same way where True. social, social mm -hmm. situations make them anxious and they've used this whole social distancing. I don't, I don't want to say to their advantage, but basically to their yeah. advantage. And they've become more and more introverted, more and more screen addicted, uh, more and more, you know, losing those life skills, those executive function skills. So that's going to be once they have the structure back in their lives where they have to get up, eat breakfast, get out the door, be to be on class at time, get their homework done, that, that sort of thing there's going to be a waiting period and hopefully a lot of schools recognize that and don't really have, you know, a lot of harsh consequences like in September, October of next year or whatever it is. Well, that was a depressing end. <laughs> that was no, actually, I, that was actually uplifting. If no, but I get what you're saying. No, it like, I guess I look at it as like, it's, I don't know. No, I don't know. I have a funny story. I, I saw I saw a kid, I think it was last Monday. Um, he's back in person now and he's been um, virtual and he's been working on his social skills. He doesn't work with peers at all, peers at all. And um, he's been so good over virtual, like so polite, having great conversations with me. He's been thriving. And then he came back to school. I called him, um, I met him outside my classroom and he was like, facing the other direction from me, like talking to me. And that's what he would do normally. I talked to him for one minute, talked about his grades. And then he goes, well, is that going to be it? I'm kind of done. And just Aww. like walked away that he, he just, it was funny because that's what he was doing before that he's just not interested in those social interactions. And then coming back to school, he's just, he thinks that he can just like log off like that. And that's not how that works. So I was like, well, we're going to be, wor we're going to be working on that. Yeah. So it, it was funny yeah, that he said out. that to me. Yeah. But we're definitely going to be working on that. And thankfully his IEP was like a day later and it was like, that was not okay, but um, we're going to be working on that. So he definitely has like lost some of, those skills but he was so good on virtual and I was telling his his family I was like maybe we should consider a job for him like or a career that could be virtual because he's so good on it so professional sounding and um I think we're just finding different skill sets with kids in these different modalities and we need to look into that for the future mm -hmm. you know so I'm I'm thinking COVID and work and illness and I had this thought I wanted to ask you all um, I hate to say a positive coming out of this, but I do, I am curious if one change we'll see, um, as, as we've adapted to this COVID and pandemic world, because I don't think we're going to just go back to some normal. I think things have changed, even if we reach a steady state of where people can interact and do some more social mm -hmm. gatherings and all of that. I don't think it can ever just go back. Right. And, um, I wonder if from a health side, from taking sick days, taking mental health days, like you've said, Rachel, mm -hmm. if that is something, cause it used to very much be, and I was that same way. You'd look at someone and be like, you just have a cold. Like, why are you not at work? Yeah. Or, I, uh, or you'd tough it out and you're like, oh, I'm fine. I just have the sniffles. I just have whatever. It's, it's not a big deal. And, um, 
And I feel like that mindset has shifted and a little bit of the mental health piece because people are facing this stress that is all things, the trickle down effect of, of COVID. Um, I wonder if people are becoming, if, if we're going to see a change for the positive and how people respond to taking a mental health day, or if you're sick, stay home. And it's yep. not because of COVID anymore. It's, it's because you should stay home if you're not feeling well. I that's really, so. that's really like an American problem. A lot of, yes. other, oh, country, yeah. A yeah. Lot of yes. other countries get that right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that could um, saw, be added to a lot of things that we do here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There was a there was a tweet that made me laugh that it said, now that we live in COVID times, I can't believe we used to have to go to work with a cold and it would be normal to just infect everyone with your cold. <laughs> you, all, yeah. you all even banter off of it like, oh, I got a cold because of you. And it's so true. Like yep. if I had a student come into my room that would cough, I'm like, done. We'll resch- we will reschedule. I'm not yep. putting myself or my kids at risk. And I was a germaphobe before. Um, but I was sick all the time at school because it's it's acceptable to send your kids to school with the flu because they don't want to miss anything. So I'm I'm advocating for that and I hope that it does change. I, I agree with you, Michelle, that this is gonna be like we don't want everyone sick because of this. Um I don't know. I hope it will change. I don't know if it will and capitalism prevails and <laughs> Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, don't I know. hope that that could translate in somehow to and I don't know if it will, but translate somehow to the mental health piece. Yes. Yes. Of, of saying, no, take that day because yep. because we'll all be better for it. Our opening music is uh, please listen carefully by Jazar's license under an attribution and share a like license. Our bump music is the County Fair Rock copyrighted John Deku. His wife is an SLP. You can find his music over at soundcloud.com slash Dirk Dog Music. The informed SLP, their music was at the count by Broke for Free. It's licensed under a Creative Commons and attribution license. And our closing music, which is playing right now, it's Slow Burn by Kevin McLeod. It's licensed under, also under a Creative Commons attribution license. In the immortal words of Janice Wright, always be a willow, never be an oak. The oak looks strong, but in a storm, it will crack. The willow will bend and return to form. For fellow willows, Michelle Wintering, Michael McLeod, Rachel Ar- Archambo, said it. I'm Matt Hot. Until next week, so long, everybody. It's like a two-hour, like, mega Oh, episode. my God, dude. Science is edited and produced by MWH Production. Please follow Speech Science on Twitter at SpeechSciencePC and like our page on Facebook. For more original podcasts, please visit ExceptionalEd.com and rate and subscribe to our podcast anywhere you get your podcasts.